Hello, students. Welcome to a new week. It's February 6th, 2023, Brother Wing. It's me, Brother Lawson, along with Brother Wing, and you're listening to Answers to Gospel Questions. It's good to be with you. It's here in Springfield, Brother Wing. It's a sunny, warm day in February. How's the land of Arkansas today? I imagine it's just a touch warmer where I'm at. But the miracle of all of this is that we were in Florida last week. Oh, yes. And away from when it was like super cold here. So we mm -hmm. just kind of dodged all the crazy coldness and came back and it's warm here again. So we're inspired. Yeah. We're inspired. And that was a miracle. We're going to talk about miracles today, students. I was just telling, we were talking about, I was telling Brother Wing of a recent miracle that I had took place in a temple. I think it's okay for me to share this miracle with everyone. I went to the San Diego temple. My daughter was is, was serving at the time in San Diego. And uh, she's now been transferred to Hawaii. She's got a rough mission call, I know. But she, one of the days that she was, she worked, she was a visitor center missionary at the Mormon Battalion Visitor Center. Um, and one day a week, they these missionaries work at the temple. Well, I went to the temple the day my daughter was working there, which was kind of fun. And she was handing out clothing at the temple. Now, the rule, Brother Wing, uh, at the temple when you rent temple clothing, when you rent like pants from like white pants from the temple, what's the rule at the temple? You always go one size up. Yeah, you always go one size up. So I, I'm not, I'm not afraid to tell anybody. I wear a size 36, and so I, I looked my daughter right in the eye and I said I would like a size 38. All right, I don't I want, I don't want to have uh, tight white pants on at the temple. I want to be, I want to have loose. Loose, loose white pants on at the temple. So she said, okay, dad. And she went back, got me some white pants and we were kind of running late to the session. And so like we had to hurry. I went up in the locker room. Uh, I got undressed, started putting on my, my white pants and they went on over my legs just fine. I went to put them like to, what do you like to button them or, or to hook them? You know, they got that metal class. It wasn't even close. Like I wasn't even in the same vicinity. I was inches away from being able to hook my pants together. And I'm like, what am I going to do? This is, this is, I can't, I can't run back down and get new pants. I have to get all the way dressed back, you know, my church clothes and run back down and get new pants. And I looked on the, the, I thought maybe there's a secret contraption on these pants that make them fit me. And while I was looking for that, I noticed the tag on there. They were size 32s, which means, or they were size, yeah, they were size 32s, which means in real life, they're size 30. Well, I wear size 36 in real life. So I'm like six inches away from these pants fitting. So I like, you you know, brother, I've been working out and like, I'm, you know, I'm not a weak person. And so like two or three good, just, uh, just pulls and tugs. And I got like, it was an amazing miracle that the, the metal class hooked on. It felt like a turn. I had applied a tourniquet to my waist, but they were on, it got them zipped up. And I just kind of waddled into the, uh, I had to be very careful, walk very gingerly in the temple. I didn't need that that metal class was screaming at me, but, but it held through. And that was one of the greatest miracles I've ever experienced in the temple today. We're going to talk about a better miracle than that one. If you can imagine. Yeah. I mean, I'm inspired because things work out when you go to the temple. That's what I know. 
Yeah, it, yeah, it works out. That middle class held the whole session. I know. I don't. I don't know where the <laughs> temple where they're getting those pants from, but that was that was a miraculous moment. So today, this is a real miracle that took place, and that is uh, that takes place in John chapter two. It was a wedding. I know some of you YSAs are like, oh, that would be a miracle if I got to go to a wedding. Well, no, you're going to go to a wedding one day and it will be your wedding. But this was at a wedding that Jesus happened to be at. Um, It was in a place called Cana. And these weddings back in the day, like they didn't hold these weddings in church cultural halls. These were like multi-day events, right? And um and there was a lot of celebration going on and a lot of refreshments. Some of those refreshments including included wine. I really would like to believe that it was just grape juice, but it wasn't. Right? They they and it was okay because word of wisdom wasn't a thing, right? Until the 1840s. And so so there really was wine and with that was fermented, and that's okay, right? Uh, back then. Not okay now. Just, just making sure, brother. When you're not, I yeah. When they say, ready. when they say good wine in the scriptures here, they're not meaning grape juice, like right, as opposed <laughs> to bad wine, which would be fermented. This is, in fact, it's just the opposite. The good wine was the really good fermented stuff. Yeah, I just wanted to be sure that you weren't going to run down to the come and go and grab, start buying wine because you read John chapter two. So okay, so here the miracle is Jesus changes water into wine brother wing kind of tell us uh like what's going on here and what can we learn about miracles and what to and and maybe even how to have maybe even how to expect miracles to happen in our own lives yeah so i mean it's basically that the people are having like a like in our day maybe we could liken this to having a luncheon after a wedding and Mm -hmm. then they realize they don't have enough food for all the people that have traveled in and be kind of embarrassing for them. It doesn't seem like the type of miracle that's a, you know, it's a life or death situation or some really serious health challenge. And yet in spite of all of that, um, Mary recognizes the social consequences and wants Jesus to do something about it. And so I think it's really impressive and it implies a lot about her understanding of who Jesus is and what he's already done that she goes to him and says just the statement, they have no wine, you know, implying that she wants him to do something about this and that he can do something about this um, at this point of this, of the wedding feast. And so he responds and I'm going to read the Joseph Smith translation. Oh, the JST is so much better. Yeah. He responds and says, woman, what wilt thou have me to do for thee? That will I do for mine hour is not yet come. And so he's responds very respectfully to his mother and that says that he will do um, what she wants. And hey, can I jump in yeah. real quick on that? One of the things I think that's interesting about that, it seems like Jesus does that a lot. Like uh, he did to his mom, like he probably could see they're running out of wine and his, and so his mom comes up and says, Hey, we don't have any wine. And yet he still asks, well, whatever you want me to do, I'll, I'll do it. Kind of like when the blind guy later on comes up to him, I mean, he's blind and he says, uh, Jesus, you can heal me. And, and Jesus is like, what would you like me to do? Well, 
Well, he's blind. I think, I think that, I think that um, it's interesting that even when things seem, seem obvious to us, like this is what needs to be fixed. It might not be exactly what uh, it might not be exactly what the person was thinking. So Jesus, one of the characteristics I see of him is I want to listen to you. I want to know what you're feeling and thinking about right now. I want to, I want to help you out. So keep going, brother wing. Yeah. And I, I'll just add on to that, that there's we, the more specific we get with the Lord in our prayers. I think it it's, it's for our benefit because then we can more readily see the Lord's hand in responding to those, those prayers. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's a serious point to be made there. And it's, you know, it's kind of like when you were in the temple, you weren't thinking about your spiritual salvation. You were just no, I was fit not, into 32s. I was thinking about social consequences. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at this point of the story, I think this is where it teaches us like, okay, so how do I develop uh, a perspective of life to expect miracles? Uh, like President Nelson has taught us, or how do I receive or recognize more miracles in my life? Notice what Mary says to the servants in verse five of chapter two, uh, this advice, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And maybe that's the beginning of miracles in our life when we are willing to do what the Lord says. I mean, great advice from Mary to us. Oh yeah. I was talking, I was just talking to, to my son last night, who's struggling to get along with his sister, like teenagers sometimes do. And I was encouraging him to, to pray about this, his relationship that he has with the sister. And he was, um, he's like, you just, you just want me to pray about it. What's that going to do? And, and so I'm like, well, the savior's going to be the one that can fix this. And so when you talk, when you talk to Heavenly Father, listen carefully to, uh, to what he tells you to do. All right. The, the answers might come as you say the scriptures, the answer might come as the Holy Ghost whispers to you. Uh, but whatsoever he saith, do it and see what happens. I mean, what were the people at? What were the servants asked to do? Go get some pots of water. <laughs> and serve it. Oh, that's all we're going to do. Okay. And that's going to work. Yep. That's going to work. I like that. I'm going to go off on another tangent. So the other day in my personal scripture study, I was reading Mosiah 26 and it talks about forgiving other people. One verse that's in there. And I've read that chapter a lot of times. And for some reason, that particular verse about forgiving other people just really stuck out to me. It stuck out to me so much that I stopped in my scripture study. And I, I thought to myself, I've, I'm like so impressed by this verse now. I feel like there's probably somebody I need to forgive. So I I kind of thought about that and I started scanning. And I've certainly been offended in my life by others. And there's it's not did like my name come, did my name come into your <laughs> your name did not come up. In fact, nobody's name. This was the weirdest part. I could not think of anything. And I know that it's not like I've been like the perfectly forgiving person throughout my life. But for some reason, I could not think of a soul. And I think God was like guiding my thoughts here because otherwise I think I would have really readily come up with somebody that I need to forgive and still do. But in this moment, I couldn't think of anybody. And so I was like, why am I so impressed to do this? And now I can't think of anything <laughs> to, to forgive someone. I like, I want to, okay, let's do this. I want to forgive somebody. I can't think of anybody to forgive. 
but this still stuck with me. And then um, two days later, something happened where I was offended. And, and then in that moment of like offense and the, the emotion that comes with that, I remembered my scripture study from two days uh-huh. before. And it was, it was like the Lord had prepared me to want to forgive mm-hmm. before the offense had taken place. And I think this is another uh, miracle, you know, and that the, and am I willing to do uh, what he says? And um, I think the Lord can, can greatly uh, speak to us and help us and guide us. Anyway, in this story, I want to kind of go on here. The Lord well, that was a cool story, by the way, Brother Wing. I like that story. That I think the prevent of a, a, a miracle before you need it, before before you recognize it was a miracle. Yeah. I like that. Interesting. Yeah. Keep going. So here they they've got these water pots of stone, um, and they contain a lot of water. This is well over a hundred gallons, because uh, here's your favorite word. Firkin. Firkin. Those the water pots were two or three firkins a piece. I mean, yeah, no. it's a lot of firkins. And it's like at least 18 firkins. I mean, it's between nine and 18 firkins. Yeah. And there is uh, and nine gallons is yeah, a firkin. nine gallons. So that's a lot of water. Uh, but these are the things that they used to like clean clean themselves. They come into this wedding feast. And so I mean, in our way of saying it, this could be like dirty bath water. This is not yeah. drinking water. It's not drinking water for sure. And then Jesus says, fill the, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them to the brim. And so this is probably not the place where you want to draw out water to drink. Um, but there now, it's going to be better than water because it's going to be this really good wine. Um, I do think that there's something to be said here of the fact that these servants obey they know where this water comes from. You know, yeah, and know I guess that that's a lot of water to draw out too. They just didn't turn on the hose and fill up those babies. I mean, that probably took some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. And they, you're right. They knew where the water came from. <laughs> yeah. But the governor of the feast didn't know where the water came from. Can you imagine serving that? Like, oh boy. <laughs> here it comes. What's going to happen here? I mean, yeah. So they're... I, we're kind of making light of this a little bit, but this is a serious uh, test here, mm-hmm. you know, and we receive no witness until after the trial of our faith. And I don't know how much these servants knew or exactly what this water looked like before or anything, but nonetheless, John seems to be making the point that they knew where the water came from. The governor didn't, they still serve it to him anyway. And they, and he acknowledges that this is very good wine, which is not normal for at the end of the feast. And so, a miracle has taken place and there's a lot of other symbolism about this that that people have drawn about this water to wine and think about Moses you know and his miracles with them and water to wine you can think think about sacrament you know and that we're um and the, and the general principle itself that we're cleansed through the blood of Christ and this wine can be a symbol of that and that perhaps these are all the reasons and many more why John chose this at the beginning but nonetheless a total miracle um, that that God shows G- Jesus shows who He is and what He can do, um, and people witness uh, this miracle. Multiple yeah. people witness this miracle. Yeah, you mentioned right at the beginning of of the the podcast that this this miracle didn't seem to be didn't save someone's life or heal necessarily heal anybody. Uh, this seem this seemingly is. I mean, if you had to rank the importance of the miracles taking place, we might 
automatically assume, oh, well, this one, did Jesus really need to do this? Can, you know, they could have just dealt with the embarrassment or something. I think one of the points here is that uh, students, like, no problem or issue or question or desire uh, that you have is too small to talk to the Lord about or talk to our Heavenly Father about and for the Lord to intervene. And so, um, so don't be afraid. Sometimes I think we might, you know, Mary could have white knuckled it right through the, the, um, the end of this wedding, but instead she chose to talk with uh, the Savior and see if there was anything he could do. Uh, and we can also talk with our Father in heaven and the Savior, uh, maybe through his scriptures, maybe through words of prophets and apostles, maybe, like I said, through the words of the Holy Ghost, can provide answers uh, and miracles for us in our lives. All right, students, thanks for listening to this episode of the Answers Gospel Questions. We hope you join us this whole week as we go through John chapter two through four, answering gospel questions. Why don't you come to an institute class for crying out loud? It'd be a lot of fun. All right, we'll talk to you later, everybody. Love your guts. Stay righteous.